Lord, save a poor sinner like me, brother. There's hope for you. I can tell you that. All right, open your Bibles again with me to Philippians chapter 4. I titled the message this morning, Stand Fast. In verse 1, Paul begins, Therefore, my brethren, dearly beloved and longed for, my joy and crown, so stand fast in the Lord, my dearly beloved. It's easy to see Paul's affection for these people, isn't it, in this congregation. And I know exactly how he felt. You know, I have you on my mind and on my heart every week as I'm preparing messages. I seek God's message for the hour. I seek a message that that glorifies Him. But I, I seek a message for you, if that makes sense. I think about preaching to you, to this congregation, as I'm preparing messages each week. And there's no bones about it. That is a a great, great responsibility to preach Christ to you over and over and over again, to not quit. But also don't be mistaken about this. It's a great joy. I have great care for you all because I love you. I care for your bodies. I care for your souls. As, As Paul said here, I'll borrow his words. You're my dearly beloved. And I delight, it's a, it's a responsibility, but I delight to be enabled by our God to preach Christ the Savior to you over and over and over again. You know, when you love someone, it's not work, really, to care for them, is it? You know, I, I think about a, a mother's love. I watched Janet many times. Our, our little ones were, were sick and fever and, you know, just up all night, whatever. And it just wasn't work for her to stay up with them all night, to, to be there to care for them. Just, you know, the Savannah, a couple years ago, had that awful car wreck. It was not work for Janet to be there to help take care of her for, for those months. That's a mother's love. Well, I guess you could say that's a, that's a pastor's love. It's, it's the, I don't count it work to, to serve you, to preach Christ to you. And I rejoice greatly, greatly to see those to whom I preach believe on Christ and trusting and loving. I think uh, I first ever heard this from Brother Henry to preach Christ to to folks and leave them alone with God. But just because I preach Christ to you and leave you alone with God, that don't mean I don't care whether or not you believe Christ. Oh, I care greatly. Tell you why I leave you alone with God. I don't want you making decision because somehow I, you know, I'm not a very good salesman anyway, but if somehow I talked you into doing something, that wouldn't do your soul any good. But if I leave you alone with God, God does something for you, then it's real and we give thanks. You know, the great, great goal of the ministry is to glorify the Savior in our day. It's so important that we <laughs> preach Christ in truth and glorify Him. But don't forget we're to glorify our Savior so that sinners will see His glory and believe Him. So His people will see His glory again and have their hearts comforted in, in, in seeing Him. And I tell you the same thing Paul's saying here. When I see you believe Christ and follow Him, follow Him. Now, you're not following some doctor. You're not following a preacher. You're not following a preacher of the past. You're, you're following Christ. Oh, I rejoice. Look at, at 2 John. 
Second John verse one. Every preacher worth his salt will say this about the folks to whom he preaches that God has given him the responsibility to preach Christ to them. John John felt this way. The Apostle John in Second John verse one. He says, the elder unto the elect lady and her children, whom I love in the truth. And not I only, but also they. All, also all they that have known the truth. They all love you. Now verse 4. I rejoice greatly that I found of thy children walking in the truth, as we have received a commandment from the Father. And look at Third John, verse 1. The elder unto the well-beloved Gaius, whom I love in the truth. Beloved, I wish above all things that thou mayest prosper and be in health, even as thy soul prosper. I want your body to prosper like your soul does. For I rejoice greatly when the brethren came and testified of the truth that's in thee, even as thou walkest in the truth. I have no greater joy than to hear that my children walk in the truth. And that's the prayer and the rejoicing of every one of God's pastors. So my prayer for you, for each soul here this morning is that you believe on the Lord Jesus Christ and that you trust him and that you keep believing him and that you keep trusting him all the way to the end. You are subject to stand fast. Well, believing Christ to the end, not getting pulled off on a tangent, that's standing fast. And that's my desire for you and me, that we stand fast together. And this morning, I want to look at five times in the scriptures that the scriptures tell us to stand fast and get an idea of the scope of what this means to stand fast in the Lord. And the first one is here in our text, Philippians 4. Stand fast in the Lord. That's what Paul says. He said, you're my joy, my crown, so stand fast in the Lord. Now stand fast in your hope that's in the Lord. In the Lord. Don't put it anywhere else. Keep your hope in Christ alone. That's standing fast in the Lord. Wednesday night after we got home, Janet told me, she said, you said this in the message, salvation is of the Lord. She said, I love to hear that over and over and over again. Salvation is of the Lord. Because that reminds me, trust Christ. He's begun it and he'll finish the work. Trust That's standing fast in the Lord. Trusting. He is our salvation. He'll, he'll complete it. Standing fast in the Lord is trusting Christ. Trusting Him and Him alone. Knowing that salvation of it is of His will and it's of His doing. And I trust Him to do it. We stand fast in who the Lord is. In, in everything that He's done for His people. We stand fast in the Lord's election of a people. Now He chose you. You didn't choose Him. So stand fast in Him. Keep trusting. He chose you. He won't let you go. Stand fast in Christ our righteousness. Don't start thinking now you can make yourself a little more righteous by keeping some laws and observing some ceremonies. None of the believer's righteousness ever, before conversion or after, none of it is ever obtained by our obedience. Which is an awful good thing because all we ever do is sin. So stand fast in Christ, our righteousness. Trust Him to make you righteous. And don't try to add anything to Him. Just trust Him to be your righteousness. And stand fast in Christ's redemption of a people. 
Christ our Savior redeemed his people by his precious blood. He shed his blood and he suffered until the price was paid. And then and only then did he cry, it's finished, and give up the ghost. The price is paid. Now don't start thinking that you can do something to start helping pay the price. The price is paid. Don't start thinking you can do something to make yourself a little more sin or a little less sinful so you'll be a little more saved. Now, hate your sin. Absolutely hate it. Be determined not to sin. But when you do sin, and you will, trust that your sin has been paid for by the blood of Christ. God is as horrible, as heinous as our sin is, God will not cast off his people because the price is paid. It's been paid by the Lord Jesus Christ. And stand fast in the keeping power of God's grace. Stand fast in that. Now, if you're truly a believer, this is one of your great fears. One of your great fears is that you'll become apostate, that you'll leave the gospel of Christ, and you'll quit trusting him alone. That's one of your great fears. And you know why you fear that? Because your new man knows that's exactly what the old man will do in a heartbeat if God let him. That's that's our fear. And when you fear that you'll leave the Lord, you fear my faith is so weak, my love is so cold, when you fear that you'll leave the Lord, because you know that's what you'll do by nature, I'll tell you what you what you do. Stand fast in the Lord. Stand fast in His keeping power, in His power to keep you By his grace. He never did tell us to keep ourselves. (laughs) He keeps us. In our Lord's great high priestly prayer. In John 17. He said. Father those that thou gavest me. I've kept. I kept them. Not one of them is lost. Save the son of perdition. That the scriptures might be fulfilled. Yes Judas is lost. But father you never gave him to me to keep. That's the only reason he's lost. Christ our Savior is going to keep all those that the Father gave him. He's not going to lose one. Not one of those sheep will he lose. (laughs) If the Father gave you to his Son to redeem, then you're redeemed. And you can never be lost. Our Savior said this in John 10. He said, I've given my sheep eternal life. And no man is able to pluck them from my hand. No man... No power, Satan, no one can pluck us out of his hand. And on the subject of we think we'll leave the Lord, just let me give you a little bit of comfort with this too. No man means you and me too. I can't jump out. Because he holds me. See, it's not the strength of my faith and my determination. It's his keeping power. Now stand fast in the Lord, in his keeping power. Stand fast in the Lord. In the Lord. Not doctrine, not preaching. Stand fast in the Lord. Trust Him. I mean, do it doggedly. Be like an old dog that's got a bone and will not let go. Will not. For many years, we had two little Yorkies. Now we just have one, but one time we had two. And you know, I guess it's how all dogs is. You know, one of them is the alpha and one of them is, you know, not. We had these two dogs, and one of them was the alpha, and Jan would give him a, a treat. And the little dog, he was the, the alpha. He'd gobble his up real fast. 
Now, the one that was not that, he, he would kind of eat his, you know, kind of slowly and just, you know, a lot of times he, Brutus, Brutus was our one who's out, but he'd just come steal the dog treats, you know. Well, our little fella, he learned this. I'm going to take my treat and I'm going to go into my kennel. I'm going to get in that back corner with my treat and just use my body to block him from coming to steal my treat. And if Bruce would try to come in there, you know, just growl at him, you know, but he had it guarded. Trust in the Lord like that. Don't let anybody take it from you. Don't let anybody take your eyes off Him. Off Him. Don't, don't let them block your view of Him. Keep where you can see Him. I think the best way to sum this point up is this. Stand fast in Christ. Like Noah stayed fast in the ark. As long as all the floodwaters were on the earth, Noah stayed fast in the ark, didn't he? As far as we read in Scripture, Noah never one time was tempted to jump out of that ark and tread water for a little bit to make the ark easier to float, got less weight in it. He never jumped out of the ark and tread water, maybe tried to hold the ark up a little bit, help the ark float. He stayed fast in the ark, and his life was saved. Now you stay fast in Christ, and your soul will live. All right, here's the second thing. 1 Corinthians chapter 16. Stand fast, I'm sorry, 1 Corinthians, 1 Corinthians 16. Stand fast in faith. First Corinthians 16, verse 13. Watch ye, stand fast in the faith, quit you like men, be strong. And when Paul says, watch ye, Tell you what he means. He not mean watch everybody else. He means watch, be watchful over your own soul, over your own heart. Be watchful over your own attitude. Your attitude toward Christ, your attitude toward the gospel, your attitude toward others. Now be watchful of yourself. Be watchful that you don't suddenly start adding something to Christ. That you trust, oh you trust Christ, but then you trust these other, just little minor things, you know, that they can make you a better Christian, you know. That makes you a little better than somebody else. Be watchful that you trust Christ in, in Christ alone. And especially be watchful over the sin of unbelief. That sin is in, our, in us, in that old man. The sin of the old man, the damning sin, is the sin of unbelief. It's not believing that Christ is enough. That I have to do something good to add to him to finish the work. Now stand fast against that. Stand fast in the faith. Stand fast in faith in Christ. And I tell you how you stand fast. By leaning. Just like we just sung. You stand fast by being dependent on Christ. You stand fast by leaning on those everlasting arms. You stand fast in believing that Christ is enough. He's all it takes. Now, salvation is received by faith in Christ. It's not earned by our obedience. It's received by faith in Christ. Salvation is not earned by our works. And it's not kept by our works. It's faith. So stand fast. Keep believing Christ. The only way a sinner can be justified is by faith in Christ. By trusting He is my justification. He is my righteousness. And Paul stresses here, 
Stand fast like men. Stand fast like strong men in the battle. And I tell you why you have to stand strong, because this is a battle. Stand strong. Because Satan never tires. I mean, his sole job, his sole objective is to just get one of God's elect to quit trusting Christ. And he never tires of it. Never. Satan's always trying to get us to look away from Christ alone. Now, since he doesn't quit, since our accuser doesn't quit, stand fast in faith. Stand fast in faith in Christ. The only way his accusations against us cannot be true is if we're trusting Christ. Christ is our righteousness. It be His obedience to the law is my obedience to the law. And our old man, our old man is the same way. He never tires. He never gives up. He's constantly whispering in our ear, isn't he? Do something to make yourself a little better. Oh, you sinned. You sinned. Do something good. Then go ask God to forgive. And he's constantly whispering that. Constantly. And he never tires. He never quits. If he shuts up, buddy, it's not for long. He's just looking for an opening. and Looking for a crack to get back in there. He'll never quit. Now, don't you ever quit standing in faith. Don't you ever quit relying on Christ. See, he's trying to get you not to rely on Christ. He's trying to get you to rely on Christ plus something you do. You rely on. Just, just be determined. To keep relying on Christ. Every time that old man whispers, you say, no thank you. I'll trust Christ. I'm very content trusting him. I can't, I can't trust myself because I'm not trustworthy. But he is. And I'm just quite content trusting him. So that's what I'll do. Just be determined to keep relying on Christ. And I'll tell you a good way to do that. A good way to watch. A good way to watch. A good way to stand. Is in prayer. I tell you, ask God continually. Keep me trusting Christ alone. Don't let me go off of my own way. Keep me trusting Christ alone. See, we can't stand on our own, can we? But we sure can pray and ask that the Lord make us stand. And if we would stand fast in the faith, I tell you a very good thing. Be watchful. In hearing the gospel preached. Now, if we're going to stand fast, we need the strength to stand. We were with our daughter Holly yesterday, and um, Janet will point out to her often how she's a daddy's girl. Holly and Savannah don't say daddy. They say daddy. And she was saying, oh, you're such a daddy's girl. She was reminding her about this, this time we went up to see Holly do this dance blue. If you know what that is, these kids, they stay on their feet and they dance and the, for 24 hours without sitting down to raise money for children's cancer um, things in, in UK. And Holly was doing this, so we went up to, to see her in it. And when it was over and we were walking out with her, we were going to get something to eat. She said, I can't walk another step. I, I just, I can't stand anymore. And I said, honey, you want daddy to carry you. And she said, oh. And I did. I carried her. I carried her all the way to the car. We went to a restaurant. And I carried her into the restaurant. I did that. And I mean... And then after she ate, she said, I, I, Daddy, I think I can walk out to the car now. I just, she needs some strength. We, we need some, some rest and some strength. If we're going to stand fast in the faith, we need some strength. 
We need to be fed. We need something, something to cause our heart to rest. We need some peace. You know how you get that? Somebody preaching Christ and saying, look, there He is. Oh, He's the bread of life. Eat all you want. He's the water of life. Drink up. Drink all you want. Find, you see Him? He's, oh, I can rest. And that lets me stand. How will I keep relying on Christ? Somebody show me who He is. I'll trust Him. <laughs> Won't I? What, be watchful in hearing the gospel. And keep doing it. Keep doing it. Keep doing it. You who believe, when you first came to Christ, you remember that time when you first re- you first came to Christ and you were so happy? Now what made you so happy? That you were able to trust Christ alone. You, you were suddenly free from having to keep the law. and Free from all these worries about judgment. You're free from all that. And you could trust Christ. It was such a relief. Even though you were so weak and so sinful, you could rest in Christ, couldn't you? Because you believed Him. Now continue the way He started. Relying on Christ. That's standing fast in faith. Keep trusting Him to be everything that you need. Alright, here's the third thing. Look at Galatians chapter 5. Stand fast in your freedom. Galatians 5 verse 1. Stand fast therefore in the liberty wherewith Christ has made us free and be not entangled again with the yoke of bondage. Behold, I, Paul, say unto you, if you be circumcised, Christ shall profit you nothing. Now the Old Testament law was such a, a burden on people. I, they were in such bondage to that law. I, I try to imagine what that would have been like to live as a Jew before Christ came. That just heavy chain around your neck is constantly oppressing you. And I just have to think those people, they lived in constant fear of stepping out of line and doing something wrong and God casting them out, you know. And Peter said, now, when they were saying, well, now, should we put the disciples under the law or not? And Peter said, now, brother, why would we want to do that? Why would we want to do that to these people? Neither we nor our fathers could bear it. What do you think? What makes you think they can bear it? Don't put them under that. Christ has made His people free from that burden. Free from the burden of the law. You don't have to obey the law to make yourself righteous. Christ obeyed it for you. And He made His people righteous. Now you're free. You are free. Now whatever you do, don't allow somebody to put some rule, some regulation, something they think a believer ought to do to put that on you in order to keep your salvation. You're free. Don't go back to slavery. I just think about those slaves in the Old South and how some of them escaped, you know, to to the North. Now I know that sometimes maybe they sent those slave catchers up there and they caught them and, and they brought them back South, brought them back to slavery. But I've never one time read of a slave who escaped to the North they said, you know what? I wish I was a slave again. I think I'll go back. Not one. 
Don't you reckon we ought to have sense enough not to go back under the bondage to the law that Christ set us free from it? Don't do that. Keep trusting Christ. And here's the, the, the key to this freedom. Wherewith Christ has made us free. We didn't escape. Christ has set us free. We didn't make ourselves free. Christ did that. Now, I tell you several things he set us free from. We know he set us free from having to keep the law. But you know, Christ also set his people free from sin. Because he died for us. Now I know we're not free from sin that's in us. The effect of sin that's in us. But every one of God's people is free from the dominion of sin. And I tell you what the dominion of sin is. It's that sin, that sin nature that keeps you from trusting Christ. Have you ever thought, I wish I could trust Christ? And you try to make yourself and you can't. You know why you can't? You're in bondage to sin. You can't see. You can't trust him. But when Christ reveals himself to you, now you see him. And you can't not see him. He sets you free from the dominion of sin. He sets you free from the condemnation of sin. If Christ died for you, you have absolutely no reason to fear dying and facing God in judgment. None. Because Christ was already condemned for you. He satisfied justice for you. Christ has set us free from the moral law. As a, as a covenant of works, I hope we're all moral people, but you don't have to keep, you're not under the bondage to the moral law to make yourself righteous and moral by obeying that law. Because Christ obeyed it for you. Christ has set us free from the ceremonial law. Because he's the fulfillment of all the ceremonies. All those ceremonies pointed to Christ. And he came and fulfilled them. And when he died, all those ceremonies ended. That's why the veil in the temple was torn in two from top to bottom. When he gave up the ghost. That ceremony of the, the day of atonement is over because Christ is our atonement. The Passover, we don't keep that Passover anymore because Christ is our Passover. He sets you free from the bondage of remembering all those days you got to keep. You just got one thing, trust Christ. I, just, I love the simplicity of the gospel. It's one thing, just one. Trust Christ and keep trusting him. Christ has set us free from the curse of the law. Because he has made a curse for us. We cannot be condemned. And Christ has removed the fear of death for his people. Because he died for us. Now, I know there's some fear or trepidation of death. It's just, we've never done it. But there's no reason to fear it. No. We'll, anybody that belongs to Christ. Anybody that he redeemed can never die. They can't die spiritually because he died for us. So you're free from those things. Now, Christ has set us free from doing some things, and he's made us free to do some things. Christ has made his people free to come to God anytime we want. You don't have to get a priest wearing a costume to go to God for you. You can go to priest any or the, to the Father anytime you want through Christ, our great high priest, through Christ, our mediator. He's made us free to come before his throne of grace crying, Abba, Father. He not just made us free to come to his throne like some peasant begging for something that we don't know if he'll give us. Or he's made us free to come before his throne as his children. <laughs> oh, 
free. Christ has made us free to rest in Him. You don't have to feel guilty resting in Christ. Just quit your works of righteousness and rest in Christ. Now the liberty that Christ gives, I know you, you know this, but it probably ought to be said, it's, it's, this is not a liberty to sin. No, God's people, we, we sin already way more than we want to, don't we? Shall we sin that grace may abound? God forbid. But Christ has given us liberty from having to work hard to pay for our sin. It's, it's not just go out and sin all you want. No, He's given us liberty from worrying about paying for it. He's given us liberty to rest in Him and come to Him by faith, not works. Now stand fast in that. Don't, don't, don't go back under the law. And this term Paul uses, stand fast, is a military term. It's telling soldiers, be brave. Be strong and don't ever retreat. Be determined you're not going to retreat from, from this freedom and go back into bondage to the law. And Paul tells us here, boy, here's how diligent now we need to be in this matter. Here's how insistent we have to be to stand fast in this liberty wherewith Christ has made us free. If you do just one work, if you try to obey just one law, to make yourself more righteous or more savable, Christ will profit you nothing. If you try to add just, I can just do one thing of the billions and billions of things that are required for my salvation, I'm just going to do one of them. If you do just one, the obedience of Christ will profit you nothing. None of his righteousness is yours. If you try to add just one grain of salt to that thing, just one mustard seed, Paul said, if you're circumcised, and you know, it, it, nothing wrong with that, but if you, if you do it in order to make God pleased with you, Christ will profit you nothing. The Father's pleased with His Son. Pleased with you in Him. But if you do just one thing to make God pleased with you, because what you've done, Christ will profit you nothing. And if you do that, you're going to entangle yourselves in the whole law. Don't think you can just keep one law and make yourself a little better because if you try to just keep one, you're a debtor to do it all. And you just become entangled with the law like a fish becomes entangled in a net. And it'll kill you. Just as sure as that net will kill that fish. So, so stand fast in that liberty that Christ has given us. Stand fast against anything that draws us away from Christ alone. All right, fourth, look at Philippians chapter 1. Stand fast in one mind and one purpose. Verse 27, Philippians 1. Only let your conversation be as it becometh the gospel of Christ, that whether I come and see you or else be absent, I may hear of your affairs that you stand fast in one spirit with one mind, striving together for the faith of the gospel. Now we love coming here on Sundays and Wednesdays and, and seeing each other. I just I always look look forward to seeing you all. And we should do that. Scripture says let brotherly love continue. We ought to enjoy being with each other. We ought to enjoy talking to one another, greeting one another. But this is not a social club. Brother Henry used to say this is not a poor man's country club. 
This is the church of God. And our goal, and just we, we saw this in our lesson this morning, our goal, the job that God has given us is to preach Christ to our generation. That is the goal of this assembly. Our goal is not fellowship. I hope we can have it. But our goal, our responsibility is to preach Christ so that people will believe him. So that God's sheep will be fed. So God's sheep will be encouraged. This is a tough world. I mean, it's tough. It's tough to go out there and all the things that go on in this world, the things you've got to deal with and work and out there. I mean, it's tough. God's sheep need some encouragement. They need to be fed and strengthened. So we're to strive together for one goal. You know, we're each not to, to have a bunch of different goals. It's, I, 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 I try not to, but as, as much as I do see, I see like our folks in, in Congress and, and so forth, they don't have one goal. I mean, they got 500 and how many ever of them are there, different goals. 562, whatever, different goals. I mean, they, every one of them is different. And really, they're all related to me. How many other people are, that's how many goals there are, because they're all there trying to promote themselves. I just cannot be deluded into thinking they're thinking about, you know, the good of me and the good of this, the welfare of this company or country. That's not here. We're not here to promote me. We're here to promote Christ. Now let's do that together. I'll tell you what, if, if we have that one goal of promoting Christ, our fellowship will be sweet. It really will. And this word strive, that, that um, stand fast, and he talks about striving together. That's referring to a, a wrestler. Strive with all your might. Strive with all your strength. And don't be afraid to go meet the enemy. Don't be afraid. Don't quit and don't compromise on account of them. You strive like a wrestler with everything you've got. Now you know we do that by prayer because everything I got is nothing. We do that by prayer. We do that in the power of the Lord. But strive with everything you've got to have one goal and one mind in this congregation. If the Lord enable us to do that, our preaching of Christ will be powerful. It really will. If, if, if we all with one mind before, before every service, as we're getting dressed to come here, if we just pray, oh Lord, bless the service. But with one mind, we're all praying that way. We, we come in here with one desire, one heart's desire. I'm happy to see y'all, but oh, I need somebody to tell me about Christ. I need somebody to feed me. I need somebody to give me that sincere milk of the word. If we come here with one mind like that, I'm telling you, the Lord bless it. The gospel will be powerful. It'll save his people. It'll comfort, and it'll comfort his, his sheep. All right, here's the last thing. Stand fast in the gospel. Second Thessalonians chapter two. Stand fast in the gospel. Second Thessalonians 2, verse 15. Therefore, brethren, stand fast and hold the traditions which you've been taught, whether by word or by our epistle. Stand fast in the gospel. Now, how do we do that? 
Well, it's no matter what happens. Keep preaching the gospel. Don't, don't, don't change the, the message. Don't change your methods. Just keep preaching the pure, unvarnished, plain gospel. You know, if you, if you varnish the gospel, you're trying to put a shine on it to make it more attractive to people. Don't do that. Don't varnish it. Just give them the plain, unadulterated gospel of Christ. And I tell you, just preach Christ. And you'll do that if you truly believe He's all sinners need. If you truly believe all God's people need is to hear Christ preach, you'll keep preaching. Don't get off on a tangent. Don't start doing something else. Stand fast in the power of God to call out His people by the preaching of the gospel. And I mentioned this earlier. Here's how you do that. Don't try to get somebody to make a decision for Jesus. Just keep preaching the gospel to them and let them alone. Let them alone with God. We'll do that if we truly believe this. The gospel of Christ is the power of God unto salvation. If I really believe that, I'm not going to try to talk anybody into a decision. I'm going to keep preaching the gospel because that's the power God uses to reveal himself to his people. You know, salvation and religion, true salvation, true religion, is a whole lot more than emotional feeling. Now, it's feeling... (laughs) But it's more than that. It's the truth. Salvation is found in Christ alone. And it's revealed in the gospel of Christ alone. The gospel is good news. It's good news about who Christ is and what he has accomplished for his people. Now you know this is true as we go through our lives. Sometimes we feel good. Sometimes we feel bad. Sometimes we feel happy. Sometimes we feel sad. But no matter how we feel, the gospel is still good news. The gospel is still true. And the gospel will touch the emotions of God's people. Because it touches their heart. That's clear to me. I don't know if I can say it like it's in my mind. If I try to touch your emotions... It'll be something syrupy and, you know, maybe it will, maybe it won't. I don't know if it affects your emotions or not. But if I'm trying to affect your emotions, that's all it's going to do. But if I preach Christ and the Spirit applies it to your heart, that'll touch your emotions. Does that make sense? Let's say that clear. I know you, John is shaking his head, but he and me are brother. We're on the same wavelength. So I hope that's clear to everybody. The emotion has to be the result of the good news of who Christ is. Now stand fast. Stand fast in that. And if we do, if we do, we'll have unity. If we do, we'll have that unity of heart, unity of of goal. It's through the preaching of Christ. I hope God will bless that to you. Let's bow together in prayer. Our Father, how we thank you for your word. The clear, simple instruction of your word. You haven't told us anything hard or or difficult or or hidden so we can't understand it. Father, how we thank you. How we thank you that you've given eyes that can see. We know we can't see these things except you give us eyes to see, faith to believe, a heart that loves and pants after Christ our Savior. 
Father, I pray you'd bless this congregation, that you'd cause us to stand fast together in the gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ, that we might serve one another, serve our generation, serve our community by always preaching Christ. Cause us to constantly look to Christ, to continually find our peace, our comfort, our hope, our righteousness, our salvation, to find everything that we need that's in him and him alone. Father, in this difficult day in which we live, it's a dark Father, I pray you'd show us the glory, your glory, the redemptive glory of Christ our Savior. For it's in his blessed name, for his sake we pray. Amen. All right, Sean.